Hi, I'm Amanda Pashuko. This is She Love. Hello, it's Davida. I'm Gina Lovato. Hey, it's Anna Dunn. I'm Caitlin Bailey. This is Melissa Novak. It's Sean Jacobson. Hey, it's Bethany Nicole. Welcome to Sex Party. And welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. Welcome to Sex Party. <laughs> Sex Party with your host, Dustin Ripka. Hello and welcome to Sex Party. I'm your host, Dustin Ribka. Do you want to attend a sex party in real life? Do you want to have a threesome with your partner? Maybe you don't want any of this bullshit, but you want to spice things up with your partner. You want to spice things up with your partners or the person that you need to hear from makes her return to sex party in this episode. That's right. Trusted hot sex advisor to millions. Susan Braddon is back. Wow. This one's a doozy. We talk about her first experiences with sex parties, how many she's attended, the things she's done. Uh, we talk about her having over 500 threesomes, her having a foursome dressed as a bride in a church. Listen, it's a packed episode. You're going to love it. So let's get you over to the interview. Without further ado, please enjoy my conversation again with Susan Bratton. This week's conversation. conversation. Oh my God, it's the trusted hot sex advisor to millions, Susan Bratton. Welcome back to Sex Party. How are you doing? I'm so excited to be here. I listened to our first episode this morning in the car on the way over to work out. And I thought we just were so fantastic together. We just really hit it off, didn't we? Yeah, no, we we really did. Um, and we've kept in contact since. We've yep. we've chatted. Um, if, you know, for the people who who may have missed that first episode, let's just say if you want this to be an equal or more adventurous ride, maybe pause this, go back to the first episode with Susan Brad and listen to that, then come back. Um, but for those of, of, of the, those people who may have forgotten exactly who you are and what you do, do you want to give them a little refresher? Yeah. And I wanted to ask how you like my lingerie. I think they, well, for the YouTube viewers, are they're yeah. freaking, they're freaking out right now. I think they're going to be okay. like, but if you're not, if you're listening and you can't see it again, maybe pause and head over to YouTube for the more visual. Susan Susan is not only bringing knowledge today, she's bringing the full set of um, of her sexuality. Her her full skill set is on display, let's just say, right? <laughs> well, I, when you invited me back, I'm like, yeah, that was so sexy last time. I really yeah. wasn't appropriately dressed. So this time <laughs> I'm going to wear laundry for you. And I'm wearing this white lingerie and garter and panties and white stockings. They're, they're down here. Um, with this, I love this piece. This, this is actually yeah. attached to the garter and it goes oh, wow. up to your neck like a choker. And, um, it's, I like it because it's kind of bridal, but it's like slutty bridal. Yeah. It's like an innocent slutty kind of thing happening. It is. And <laughs> I, um, so I have been doing some experimentation of late. And one of the things that I recently did was I had a date with all three of my current, well, my two current boyfriends and my husband. And, um, I had a date with all of them together and I wore a veil and this type of an outfit. And I had a fantastic time because I was so comfortable with them and they love me so much. And we're all so great together that it was definitely a bucket list first for me to do that. And I've been really thinking a lot about sex life. You know, we talked about my sex life bucket list the last time, and I've been really thinking about and in the mood to put more shit on that bucket list and cross it off. That's mm -hmm. what I've been doing lately. I've been a very adventurous girl <laughs> lately. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's what's cool about the last time you're here is, is I think you were one of the first people to actually bring up the idea of a bucket list. And then since then, there's been people, you know, I'm not saying they're copying you, whatever, oh, but they've okay. had. No, bucket they've, list is a normal <laughs> thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they've had their own interpretations of like a sexual bucket list. So I think that is very, very cool. Well, the good news is it's, it's people are thinking about having a sexual bucket list. I mean, mm -hmm. that in and of itself is huge progress yeah. to be, a, to be, to be willing to, um, 
think about what turns you on and be willing to ask for it and go for it. I mean, that's really sexual confidence. That's sexual self-confidence. And so things are happening out there. Good things are happening. Yeah, we love to hear that on this on this show, on this program. If you're older, you can call it a program. I call it a program, whatever. <laughs> you're not uh, even old. <laughs> well, I'm actually a 10,000-year-old vampire, so that might make some sense for some people. But, um, you know, I think there really is a lot happening culturally in sex and dating right now. And I think yeah. a lot of people would love to be where you're at, right? Where you're in a veil, you've got three dudes who you trust, and you love, and you're turned on by, and you want to yeah. like really throw down and, and be able to say, fuck me this way, do this thing. You know, I, I want to do this, whatever. But most people obviously aren't there. Yeah. So, I mean, right off the cuff, like right off the rip here. Yeah. How does someone, how does someone even begin, right? How does a woman yeah. even begin to get beyond, oh, I'm weird for having this thought to where you're at, where you're comfortable in doing the things that they really truly want? I think it, it's always starting small and working up is one thing. The second thing is, you know, I got into being a trusted hot sex advisor to millions 20 <laughs> years ago in my 40s. And I was, I, I heard someone recently say 40s is the new 20s. You definitely, when you hit your 40s, you're like, wait a minute, I'm turning, I'm 42. What the fuck? I need to do some shit for myself because I've been living this life that I I thought I was supposed to live and I don't want to do that anymore. That's not really me. And so a lot of people... They get their careers started. They go to school. They get their careers started. If they're going to have family, they do. They get that started. You know, they're they're grinding at their business. Uh, they're tr trying to get a house if they can do it in the shitty state of American economy right now. And it's not the economy; it's the minimum wage, I think. And then they kind of wake up one day and go, "Oh Jesus, I'm a freak," and I. <laughs> And I need to, I need to have some fun and <laughs> hopefully they're empowered to do that. Now, most people aren't, but the people listening to sex party FM are probably the freaks that are going to either have woken up or want to wake up or are, you know, awake. And then you start with trusted relationships. And what I found is that pretty much everybody wants to give you what you want all the time if you just tell them, right? I yeah. mean, really, and it's so interesting. There's a lot of talk about boundaries and holding your boundaries and expressing your boundaries, especially in sexuality, but in general in life. And one of the things that I've learned in my later years, because I'm 62 now, is that I, I often would give up my own happiness for someone else's happiness. I would do what I would allow and do what I thought they wanted and try to make them happy to get loved, to be loved. And what I realized is that I'm much more well loved when I'm like, Hey, you know what would be really hot? Or you know what I want? Or you know what I'd love? Just asking for it actually allows people to truly love you for who you are. So I rest in that, in that late, att lately attained knowledge. Number one, number two, I'm lucky. I have a husband who is a horn dog and who wants to, he's the wind beneath my wings, including my labial wings. <laughs> yes. Oh, there's yes. those little manta rays flying yeah. through the air yeah. toward her desire. <laughs> <laughs> we love that shit, though. That's the truth, you know? That's the truth. So I have a supporting partner, which means I have security, protection, and freak. Mm -hmm. And an encouragement and appreciation. And... That really helps because even though I, I, I am very sexually self-confident, personally self-confident, um, all of those things that people are like, damn, that girl's lucky. <laughs> my mother really instilled in me my confidence at a very young age. And my husband instilled my sexual confidence in me over time through repetition, through just like always showing up 
for my opportunity. And you know, one of the things that I have recently learned that or noticed about my sex life is that I'm at the point where I just show up in the bedroom or wherever and at a sex party. And <laughs> since we're talking about sex parties today, um, I show up and I don't have, sometimes I have fantasies. Like last night I was telling my girlfriend, she came over for dinner and I was telling her some sex party fantasies that I have because we're on our way to Burning Man and we're going to this party. And I was telling her these fantasies and, and that was great. And I like to think things up, but it doesn't mean I'm going to do any of that shit when I arrive or wherever I am, wherever I show up, I actually listen to my body my energy levels, my heart connection with the person, um, what I'm in the mood for, any issues I have, like, you know, if whatever, something hurts or I don't, I'm not into it today or whatever it might be. And then what I found is that when I say, Hey, you know what I think would be really fun? Or you know what I'm down for right now? My partners are always like, what? What do you, what do you want? You know, like they want to know what I want because they want to give it to me. And when they tell me what they want, I want to give it to them. So I have really been enjoying stating my fantasies and verbalizing them to my partners and not worrying that I'm going to have to do it. And I think that's a super important thing. A lot of people say to me, I have this fantasy and I want my partner to do it, but I'm afraid they'll say no. And I'm like, well, start with just like telling them the fantasies while you're giving them a yoni massage or a lingam massage or something, you know, like just say, I'm going to tell you a fantasy. This isn't anything we have to do, but it's definitely been running through my mind. And I'd love to tell you a sexy story. So that notion that your fantasies can stay your fantasies and that you can show up in a lovemaking date with a blank slate and just listen to your body and listen to your partner and just start going with the flow of what sounds fun and then what sounds fun next and what sounds fun next and what sounds fun next is really pleasurable and makes everybody know that everybody's happy because you're asking for what you want and getting the love that you need by doing so. Yeah, and you're being incredibly honest and what's hotter than that, right? Like it, Exactly. And that's one of the things that I think people – are missing a lot, at least in my generation and in generations prior to mine. I think that it's this weird idea that something's wrong with you because you have a certain thought and people don't realize that your brain is just like its own fucking thing. It's a, it's a, its own entity. It's grabbing things. It's showing you things. It's telling you things. It doesn't mean you need to, if we acted on our, on all of our thoughts, it'd be a crazy grand theft auto kind of a, kind of a world. And that's the ability to have those thoughts and fantasies, sexual or otherwise violent or otherwise, and not act on them. Right. But then choose the ones that you really do want to act on, or at least like introduce those in the bedroom with, your partner or partners. Or, and, and I think that's the barrier that I think in this episode, you can sort of talk about your experiences. Maybe we can help melt, melt the dam down a little bit. So the, so people, so everybody can get wet. I mean, come on, what the fuck? What, what, what are we doing? That's I like what this shows the dam all down so everybody mm -hmm. can get wet. That was, yeah. a, that was a good metaphor. I mean, who doesn't want to be just soaking wet? all the time, right? <laughs> Come on. Um, so that being said, can you remember your like personal sort of, uh, I, I guess, uh, for lack of a better word, awakening or experiences with um, threesomes and not monogamy and sex parties and those things? Like, were you dreaming about it, fantasizing about it? Like, oh, no, it's just something I like to watch in porn or whatever. And then you kind of had put it off to the side or did you go right in or how did it come up for you and how did you act on these things? Yeah, I don't, I don't watch porn. So it didn't come from that. I don't like porn. Every time I've tried to watch porn, I feel like it's very degrading to women and it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything to me. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. there's some little slice of feminist porn out there that might've appealed or whatever, but I, my brain is so turned on, switched on to what my body might desire and what sounds good that I, I just feel like I always, I love this Tony Robbins saying, he says, all you need is within you now. 
Like everything is in there. Just let it come out. And I often feel that the kind of lovemaking that I teach, you know, uh, passionate lovemaking skills, heart connected, conscious, passionate lovemaking. That's my, that's my, that's my jam, as you know. <laughs> and it needs to be, it needs to occur in the present moment. And it, and it needs to come from within or it's performative. And I don't like performative sex. One of my biggest issues with my little bridal foursome was that I really didn't want it to be performative. I was just like, guys, don't do any shit you saw on porn to me. I don't want that. Let's be heart connected. Let's all be present with each other. Let's have fun. Let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And how I got to being able to do all that was my husband and I started going to some sex workshops when our sex life was failing and that was making our marriage fail. And we learned skills and went, whoa, our sex life is so good now. We should have sex with some other people. That would be really fun. And we asked some of our friends and they're like, what are you, a freak? You know, they were just like super confronted. And we were like, okay, you're not supposed to ask your friends if you can fuck them. Good to know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so where are we going to find people? And we found, you know, we found a few people here and there kind of thing to try some things. And it was okay. But they felt like strangers. It didn't feel right to me. And then one day, one of our friends said, you know, there's a conscious community of people who all come together and have sex parties together and you have to be sponsored in. There's a no asshole rule. We've kicked people out in the past for bad behavior, lack of consent, etc. Um, and I think you'd really like this because it's a community of people who also get together and make love. And I can remember the first time I went to one of those parties and I saw all these people on mattresses on the floor and the DJ in the corner and the food table spread out and everybody had brought food and there were, there were greeters at the doors and we started with an opening circle and then we had a mixer thing and it was just so well done. And then I saw how people just like all knew each other and were friends. And I thought, God, this is so cathartic to me. It just is so pretty to see everybody making love together and people lying around and laughing and visiting with each other. And I, I, I just really loved the experience of that, of that kind of sex party. And then I started going to other kinds too. And I've been to, I've been to over 20 parties and they've all been fun and they've all been different. And I've learned a lot of things. One of them is that it's best if the woman makes the offer because I went to a number of parties and I didn't make offers because I was new and shy and didn't know what to do. And nobody made me any offers. And I'm like, nobody, nobody <laughs> wants me. Nobody wants me. Oh. <laughs> I was so sad. <laughs> I was like so dejected coming home from the, I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> And then somebody was like, no, 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 you have to make the offers. They're waiting for you to make the offers. It's ladies' mm. choice. That's how it works. If the if mom is happy, everybody's happy. And I'm like, mm. I have to make the offers? What am I going to do? You know, it was like super stressful. The next time I went and I was like, okay, what am I going to make an offer to? What am I going to make an offer to do? You know? And so then I learned, okay, you don't, have, Rome's not built in a day. You got to get to know the community. You got to see what your pussy wants. You got to, you know, just like. For me, it's heart connection. I like people for who they are. I fall in love with the person. It's not about I have a look or a type, although I do like a muscling man. I like a bicep on a dude <laughs> and I like a nice butt on a girl, but I like all kinds. So then I started saying, okay, well, I'm just going to start small and I'm just going to like, I remember one party. All that I did was I walked around in my lingerie and I did lingerie fashion shows for people. I did lingerie changes for people and everybody loved it. One the guy who's running the party is like, here's your lingerie room. You can set all your lingerie up here. You can change here. I'll make sure this is just your room. Like I was fully empowered just to 
put on lingerie and walk around. And I enjoyed that. It was like a little, I was like a little lingerie fairy giving the gift of my sexiness and my my pretty lingerie. <laughs> and so, I, you know, that was fun. So then I took one of my boyfriends to a party and he was an exhibitionist and so was my husband. And so I've done some crazy things. I, my bridal theme runs deep and long, Dustin. <laughs> I, uh, it was in a house that had um, a church in it, like a chapel, came as part of this hacienda. And there was a pulpit up these stairs overlooking the floor and the party was down on the floor and we went up in the pulpit and I was dressed as a bride getting railed by two guys. And it made everybody in the whole room happy. It was like, so everybody was like, yay, <laughs> that's fabulous with my veil and my white outfit. And oh God, it was so much fun. So I think I have just eased my way into it. I've gotten to know people. I've gotten more confidence. My body image has gotten better. Um, I don't worry so much about things. I take my time. If something doesn't feel right, I don't do it. Um, I'm willing to switch on a dime and say, hey, let's stop this. I'd like to do, excuse me, I'd like to do something else. Um, I don't mind if something's not working. I just say, that's good. I'd like to do something else or let's take a rest. Let's take a break, have some cold water, mm -hmm. chill and see what else feels good. You know? So I think th those are all components that I've learned over time that have really made me feel better. And the last thing is that if you're new to going to sex parties, I think being in service to others is really nice, you know, just like helping out with the food, cleaning up and taking out the trash, chatting up the people who look a little lost, giving people hugs. You don't always just have to go and like bang it out. You know, you can <laughs> <laughs> you can just go and be loving. And that's a great place to start, too. Yeah. Well, first of all, amen to the to the bride in the church uh, sermon. That, that's so good. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's that's amazing. And second of all, you know, people don't realize and it's come up on the show quite a bit that there is so much food at a sex party. You know, there's there's charcuterie boards and nachos <laughs> or whatever. Right. And yeah. so. So, yeah, you can you can kind of get in anywhere and and. You know, all of that to say that just because you're going to a sex party doesn't mean that you're you're walking around completely naked, ready to take it in any hole. Like, right. I mean, it is it is sort of get in where you feel comfortable, not get in where you fit in. And and that's something that um, I've had that conversation with so many people since I started the podcast because they're like, I really want to go to a sex party, but I'm not sure I want to have sex. And I'm like, then don't have sex. Don't have sex. And, and they're like, I can do that. I'm like, at the real ones, at the at the nice, vetted, uh, amazing, uh, well taken care of side. Yes, if it's a real sex party, you could uh, you can go and just chill and eat gummy bears and watch everybody else fuck. You can do whatever you want, right? <laughs> um, I uh, I do want to go back to one thing you said. You said that the marriage was failing because the sex was failing, right? Yeah. This is very interesting because I think there's a lot of, and we talk about this on and off on the show as well, and I have your brilliant minds here this week to, to, to talk about it even further. So if a person is in a marriage or a relationship and it's not going well, right? They're not having good sex. They haven't gotten uh, vibey in a while. Um, they haven't tried anything new. But there's also like little spats and little arg. You know how it gets. That's just sort of this blanket bitchy. of yeah, exactly, <laughs> bitchy. It's a good way of putting it. And there's frustration. How do you discern whether it's a problem with the sex or a problem with someone's attitude or, or like, cause, or is it all related? Is it all the same? Like what are the signs they should look at that? Hey, maybe we should go to a sex workshop together. Maybe we should, maybe I should suggest, uh, some other form of, of, um, expression or something. What can they look for in their relationships to know that it's, it's sexual? Yeah. That is such a can of worms. And <laughs> well, leave it to me. <laughs> I know, exactly. Thanks for giving me the, the hardest fucking question in the universe. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> if anybody can answer it, it's going to be you. I will proceed to answer it. <laughs> 
Yes. That's why we so, love you. <laughs> usually. And, and I'm, I'm actually looking at, I, I'm speaking to you from a data-driven response. <laughs> and that is that I've done a lot of, I've done a lot of work in this particular area because um, I have longitudinal data with over 15,000 inputs, 15,000 different people giving me inputs on this. So um, I wrote a program, an online program um, a while ago called Revive Her Drive. And I wrote it for men in relationship who wanted more sex than they were getting from their partner, from their female partner. And I wrote it because my husband, Tim, really helped me revive my drive. And a lot of times a guy will think that his woman is, has a low libido or she, you know, she's like not into sex. She never initiates and they get really mad about that and they feel really rejected. And often she's not initiating because she doesn't run around all turned on all the time like he does because she's not testosterone dominant. She doesn't get erections that wake him up in the middle of that wake her up in the middle of the night so <laughs> ragingly hard or morning wood. Um, she doesn't masturbate every day to keep her semen fresh, you know, so she's got all these kind of like competitive disadvantages, if you will. And even though she has as much erectile tissue in her vulva as he does in his penis, she, it's not, it takes a lot longer for it to get hard. I mean, a guy can, I've seen guys get hard in like seconds, you know, they're just like, boop, and their dick is hard and they're ready to go. Where it takes women like 20 minutes of active pleasuring to get the same level of clit boner that the guy has. And so the problem that most often has happened is that the couple has thought that sex means intercourse and everything else is foreplay. And, and I'm going to get to the flip side of this too. What about the guy who's not fucking his wife or girlfriend? Um, and then for the people across the gender spectrum, you can infer from there. You can, I'm taking the two polars. Um, she has basically been penetrated too fast for, in my case, 11 years, over a decade. I was penetrated too quickly, never had an orgasm from intercourse and just like didn't want to fuck him anymore. You know, I loved him. I loved our kid. I loved our life, but I, I, I wasn't getting anything out of it. And so she's demurring because A, she doesn't run around horny. She's not ready to go. She's been penetrated too fast and she needs more calming, more romance, more encouragement. And she needs what you call foreplay, but it's all sex. Intercourse is not sex. Sex is all of the things, kissing, massage, words of adoration and encouragement. It's manual pleasuring oral pleasuring, intercourse, anal, foot rub, sex toys, anything. It's like all that stuff. So most of the time when a guy thinks that his wife's libido is bad and she doesn't want to have sex anymore and he initiates and he, and she never does, it's because she's just not there yet and she hasn't gotten what she needs and the pleasure hasn't been good enough. And so she's like, fuck it. I could take it or leave it. <laughs> and so I teach him how to get into her world, how to give her the things that she needs, and then how to lead her to more than just the sex that they've been having, how to get her back on lovey-dovey train, and then how to start doing new fun things together. And a big part of it is the yoni massage or the expanded orgasm practice, the uh, a yoni for those of you who are here with us that don't know what that word is. It's spelled Y-O-N-I, yoni. And it's a, a, a Sanskrit word that comes from tantric lovemaking that essentially means all of the bits and pieces of the entire female genital system, not just the vagina or the vulva, which is the outside. It's like the whole kit and caboodle, the whole kitty and caboodle. And so it's important because her erectile tissue, like if you think about a penis, 
zoop, it's like a banana. Half of it sticks out of his body. Half of it goes in and down toward his testicles. That whole banana is wrapped around her vagina and comes to a point at the top of the clitoral tip. But the whole thing is orgasmic when it gets fully engorged with blood, which takes 20 minutes of real, you know, concerted effort. 20 to 30 if it's been a long time since she's been fucking. And that's what's really, really important is that she needs you to help her. And guys get super pissed about having to initiate sex all the time. And they they act like a victim. And I'm like, it's, it is your job. She mm -hmm. literally, we're not societally, culturally, uh, you know, like allowed to do it or we're sluts. And we're never walking around like corn dogs like you guys are hardly ever like once in a while. It just doesn't happen for us the way it does for you. We need you to get us there, but not so fast. So mm -hmm. slow down and come back and get us and help us meet you where you are. Bring us to you. That's what the masculine does for us. Even today, I'm having a date with Tim after we record this. I said to him this morning, I'd love to have a date with you tonight while I'm doing Sex Party FM with Dustin Ribka. Could you please set up our, we call it the nest, which is we throw the fascinators down. We use this little Zafu pillow. He gets some water. He gets the lube out, stack of fresh towels. He puts on the music. Sometimes the fireplace, definitely not today. It's very hot. <laughs> and he gets everything ready. He grooms. He clips his nails, files them down. And then uh, I can enter into this scene set for me that shows me that he's ready and waiting to pleasure me. I lay down and relax. We connect. We laugh. He starts to give me my yoni massage and my expanded orgasm strokes. I start having orgasms and that, and I'm in no hurry. And one of the really important things that I have learned is that I don't rush myself. I don't rush her. This womanly body that I live in, I, I allow her to warm up at what Ever pace she needs. Sometimes it's fast. Sometimes it's a little longer than I'd like it to be. I'm like, come on, girl, <laughs> let's go. I want to go to bed, you know. But I don't allow myself to move from the yoni massage until we move on to something else. Now there are times when we do different things, but I find having that full attention on my pleasure and engorgement is what it takes me to actually make him an offer in the morning. Like, Hey, let's have a date tonight. So we women, we rush ourselves to, we're not Ben. We don't, we don't have a man's body. So that's number one. And then should I, do you want to get a word in edgewise or do you want me to go to the opposite, which is when a guy doesn't want a woman for sex? Well, no, I think everything you said is, uh, of course, uh, why wouldn't it be? Cause it's coming from you. It's like, whether you're a man or a woman, all of the, everything you said is just fucking gold. So I just wanted to add there. So now Thank we can jump to, <laughs> jump to the other side. Um, usually for men, women think maybe he's a closeted gay. And it's actually that he doesn't find them attractive anymore. And that's data-driven information right there. There was a book, I forget what it was called. Two, two um, sex therapists did a bunch of research to find out attitudinally why women, why women with husbands who weren't having sex with them were not. Often it's, um, it's just that he's just not into her anymore. Like she's let herself go or what have you. Some people are asexual. Um, some men are ill, sick, fat. Uh, they've got too much, you know, endocrine disruptors, low testosterone, but testosterone is not the only thing. You can still be horny without it. It helps a lot when your testosterone's topped up. Bodybuilding is the best thing you can do. Um, you know, exertion honestly, is, is really what creates testosterone is exertion. Whether it's, you know, heavy weights, high reps, it doesn't matter, just getting out there and, and getting that going. But um, it's almost always that. And sometimes it's their workaholics, men who feel um, driven to success, often abandon their partners sexually. And then um, trying to think if there are any other, like gay is like 0.3%. It's mm -hmm. not that. Um, 
I think those are those are the basic ones. It's like a, it's a health issue. It's a workaholic or he doesn't find you attractive anymore. And that's a bummer for a woman to hear. But like you said earlier, Dustin, the truth is sexy. The truth will get you where you need to go. And not having it will keep you in irons, as they say. Yeah, it's a really difficult thing because you you want the truth evergreen, right? You always want the, your partner to tell you the truth. You always want to know the truth. And everyone's always trying to get to the the uh, the core of some mystery with the truth. But the thing is, is like, be careful with it too could, because the truth can fucking hurt. But eventually, after you get over that hurt, you are, you know, when they say the cliche, like the truth shall set you free, they yeah. weren't fucking kidding around. It's just yeah. like, it really will set you free. Um and 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 you are someone who is living your absolute truth. Um, yes, that's that's a difficult place to get to. Uh, people always ask me, "How do you take so much criticism from people criticizing you or the show or your big ass lips or like or like whatever?" And it, it took me a long time to get to a place, maybe ten, fifteen years ago, being a nightlife promoter for fifteen years and having shit you know, verbally thrown at you for, for whatever did help. But for me, I had to get to a place where it's like, ah, fuck it. I'm here, you know? And like, you don't like me. We're going to use that just as much for promotion as the people who do like me. Right. Um, but for you, your journey to the truth, right. And accepting this is the way it is. This is how people feel. Can we talk a little bit about what it took for you to get there and be comfortable with who you are and and constantly pushing to be more of who you are? Yeah. When I first got into being uh, publishing passionate lovemaking techniques 17 years ago, I came out of the Silicon Valley and I came out of internet advertising. And so I was already 42 and I'd had a very good career. And this became my passion. My passion was passion. I saw how amazing the transformation can be when you learn techniques and communication skills and you have a good handle on how to keep your sexual health solid as well. Because so many people have, you know, painful sex, erectile dysfunction, but it's all reversible. All of it is reversible. That's a lot of what I talk about is sexual biohacking, which is really my phrase for regenerative therapies that help you not only get back to where you used to be, but even better than you were. And so I started teaching these techniques very early on. And I had, I learned from the venture capital industry, this notion of a karetsu. A lot of people also, that's a Japanese word that means um, a lot of people use the word ecosystem. I'm building an ecosystem that has all of the components that anyone would need to have a very full and pleasurable sex life. And so what are all of the components of that and how do I build each one of them? I went out and I found the best of the best people to create products for me. I created some of the products myself and went on to write 44 books and programs over the last two decades. Everything from dirty talk to the blowjob secret to how to ravish him to the seduction trilogy, expand her orgasm tonight, female liquid orgasm, the multi-orgasmic lover for men, which is about male multiple orgasm and, and everlasting stamina, um, steamy sex ed video collection. I mean, I could go on and on, but you get a sense that I have like techniques videos. I've got orgasm skills. Oh, female liquid orgasm for female ejaculation. We talked about that in quite a bit mm -hmm. of detail on our last episode together. <clears throat> so when I created this ecosystem, I found it very difficult as I was building it early on to even tell people what I did. I would get a lump in my throat when someone was like, what do you do? And I'd be like, I'm a publisher of passionate lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills. And they go, oh, and then <laughs> dead silence. <laughs> uh, of course. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. But um, I've always found that even when I was a little kid, 
I was the kid who would speak up for the crowd, for the group. Hey, that's not fair. We don't like it. You know, yeah. <laughs> this is bullshit. I'm fixing it. You know, like <laughs> the relate. entire world of sex. Right, right, right. right. And so <clears throat> the lump began to fade as I became, as I stepped more into my power. And I've always been lion hearted. I'm a Leo the lion. My, my superpower is courage. So I really just want to normalize the conversations around having great sex and being a sexual being. I mean, I'm the CEO of two companies. I'm the mother of a beautiful 26 year old daughter whom I don't, I don't pretend I'm anything but who I am. You know, she has dinner with me and a couple of my boyfriends and her daddy. I mean, my girlfriend shows up. I mean, it's, she's so used to who I am. She loves seeing how empowered her mother is. And I think over time, people have said to me, you know, I, I just keynoted uh, the biohacking conference in Orlando. And I was mobbed after that presentation because people came up to me and they were like, thank you. That straight talk was, I needed it. Thank you. And, you know, they might have used different words. That's what everybody was saying was, I needed to hear this. And that's what I love about podcasts. And thank you so much for having me on again. We had such a good time last time. It's that people want to be reassured that they're not going to be shunned for, for having a sexuality. And yes, there will be people who are triggered. I do not like to trigger people. I try to manage how I appear in front of people. I don't know when I'm, when I'm not invited to speak on something, you know, I wouldn't, you know, when I'm invited to speak, I speak Um, (laughs) and people love it. Right. So I love that. And that's what I love about going on podcasts where they're like, you knew what you were getting into. You even invited me back. And, and, you know, it it empowers me further. And it's like a salve for the soul of all of the rest of the people who are like, I want to have at least a tenth of what that girl is having. I don't need all those boyfriends. I don't need, I would just like to have super hot, sexy time with my husband or my wife or my boyfriend or my girlfriend or whatever. Or my, you know, non-binary sparkle gender deity. <laughs> Whomever, yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. That's what I want my next lover to be. Exactly. Non-gender, there you go. non-binary gender sparkle deity. <laughs> I need to fuck some deities now. Everybody the deities, is please line up. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Well, I mean, it, it's, it, it does sound like it's the same message as the sex party message, right? And that is. I mean, you said it yourself, start small, yeah. right? That that lump eventually does go down and you just kind of, you, you kind of have to just like go for it if you want it, right? It might not yeah. happen right away, but you just keep, you keep working at it. And I think that, that sets us up perfectly for my next, uh, for the next section of this, of this a- episode. And I think, you know, okay, let's say someone's not ready for a sex party, but they want to bring someone else potentially into the bedroom for a threesome, right? Yeah. This can be, this can be ultra sticky. Um, and even though we have things like OnlyFans and people like yourself for, you know, for education and, and uh, there's so much good stuff out there. I think the nerves and the, I don't want to look stupid. And what if, what if she hates it? And what if he doesn't like the idea of bringing another dude in or like whatever the thing is, um, could you talk a little bit about your first experiences with uh, threesomes and then maybe dovetail that into, you know, some some beginner tips to to initiate the conversation around threesomes? Because I think this is important, too. Yeah. Most people think about threesomes as two girls and a guy. That's the common construct. But I've actually had over 500 threesomes with two guys and me as the girl. And I really, really like that. And um, now I've been doing three guys and a girl, and I've been really, really enjoying that too. And, you know, I've been incrementing. (laughs) Um, Number one thing is make sure that everybody 
is willing to speak up if they feel left out. I'm feeling left out. Oh, come here, baby. Let's get you back in, right? Um, you got to speak up and let people know if you're feeling strong. Like, whoa, I'm spinning out. And the second thing is that it's fun to do what I call a blocking date. And a blocking date, it, you get better as you go. So I've had hundreds of threesomes with the same people. And it gets really, really, really good at like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 threesomes with the same people. It's relaxed. One of the things that I do, so I have an OnlyFans that's a free OnlyFans at Susan Bratton at, at my name, but I have an OnlyFans that's my VIP membership. And um, I, you know, I wasn't sure I was going to do this, but I'm actually really enjoying it, Dustin. And that is that, um, and, and that's at Steamy Sex Education. That's my VIP membership. What I do is I, I give my VIP Perks members a video of me, typically a threesome video. That's the most common thing that I give. But I write what's going on, the description of our experience, things we enjoyed, what to notice in the video. So it's not that I'm just like shooting a video and pushing it out there for entertainment. Like most of the videos that I put out there, I don't even, I'm not aware of the camera. I don't ever want to be performative. I'm not creating something for a person. I'm having an experience that one of my lovers was smart enough to stick a phone somewhere and they got the video of it and gave it to me. And I'm like, great, I could put this on my OnlyFans. And so I put it on my OnlyFans, but what I hear from my VIP perks guys, and they're all men, is honestly, I like, I like the content that you put with it, like the things that you tell us, the things that you tell us are almost even better than the videos and the videos are hot as fuck. And it's like one of the things that comes through those videos is how easy we are with each other, how calm everyone is. And that is partly because when you have threesomes with someone for a while, you, you develop a relationship with them, you fall in love with them, you care about them, and you are energetically connected to them. You are heart connected to them. So I'm connected to person A and person B. Person A and B are connected to each other and they're feeling me through each other. When it gets good is when it's not just energy in this direction, energy in this direction, but when it's a circle of energy, when you're all connected together as lovers. You're calm. You feel cared about. It's sexy. You're pleasuring each other. You're just having this beautiful time of orgasmic bliss and hotness and turn on. And that takes practice. So instead of thinking about, I want to, I want to have a, a threesome, sometimes it could be well, maybe I could just partner with a couple and we could date and have dinners together and make love together and try new things. And I think that's a better way to enter into the threesome experience because otherwise, for my taste, you know me, I'm the little lovey lover. <laughs> it's, I, I eschew performative and I love heart connectedness. And I think generally most people would choose that if they could find it. And what they don't realize is that it's theirs to create and to co-create. So when you set a threesome with the intention that everybody's in, we're all going to have a great time. If you feel like you're not, if you feel weird in any moment, just tell us. We take as many breaks as we need. We come up with fun ideas as we go. And we're just going to flow with fun and pleasure. That's, that's our goal. That's what we're doing. And when you start thinking about it in those terms, it really changes it from maybe what you've seen modeled on the media in general. Mm -hmm. What was Susan Bratton's first threesome like? 
Jeez. <laughs> Had to ask it. I got a legend here. I'm not, I mean, I have to ask it, you know? I don't know. I can't even remember my first threesome. <laughs> well, once you get up past like a hundred, I would imagine I you're in like I, Mick Jagger Honestly, I have to ask Tim because yeah. he, he's like, when I was like, how many sex parties have we done? You know, he's like, oh, remember we did that one, we did that one. He's so good at it all. I'm out yeah. of my fucking mind when I'm doing all that stuff, Dustin. <laughs> You know, yeah. like I'm coming and coming and coming and coming and coming and coming some more. So I'm not yeah. exactly remembering so well. But um yeah, I don't I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, I'd be more that's... likely to tell you about the, the, the three the last threesome I had <laughs> than the first threesome I had, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um well I mean, is there anything that you know, in your threesome journey that you, that just like changed the game, right? You were having threesomes and then this other thing got introduced or a fourth person or, or, or whatever that you're like, Oh, wow. This completely changes my, my spectrum of how I am looking at available pleasure. Do you, is there anything like that that just blew your mind? Yeah, I, um, I recently have, um, I have a new partner and he's very good at anal. And I had always shied away from anal because I'm kind of a size queen. And so I didn't want a giant schlong in my ass. And um, he's a little bit more regular size and he's very, very good at it. And I've been doing some threesomes and foursomes that are with anal and I'm so happy about it because I always say, you know, remember when we were talking about the sex life bucket list and I was saying, you're going to mark your, you're going to get your 48. And by the way, if you, the URL is sexlifebucketlist.com. You download a PDF, you mark A's, B's and C's. A's are it's definitely going on my bucket list. I've always wanted to do it. I can't believe I haven't gotten it done. Let's get that shit done. These are, <laughs> It wouldn't be for me, but if one of you fuckers I fuck wants to do it, I'm down for it. And three C's are, it's not for me right now. And anal was always one of those things that I, I did it once in a while here and there, but I never was really drawn to it. And I always say, if there's something about sex that you don't like, it's because you haven't done it with the right person and the right skill set. It's, it, it's all pleasurable when you've got the right person and experience. And I found the right person and experience. And I cannot believe how much I'm, I'm loving anal right now. I mean, it just feels like, oh, oh. it's like that kind of like really deep seated, almost it's earthy, it's bass, it's the bass note. It's like just so satisfying. And here I am 62 and it took me that long to get here. So I think what I'm trying to say is never say never, be open to possibility. Sometimes it's a certain person who can show you they have this particular skill. He's the ass man. He loves to do it. He's incredible at it. I'm in love with it. It's fantastic. It's been, we've been able to do some really fun threesomes with it. You know, it, it, it's things I've never gotten to do before. And so I would say, just keep holding the torch for your sexuality for your whole life long, because at 62, I'm just getting started. I'm really just coming into my own in so many ways. And yet I've had 500 threesomes and I've been to 26 parties and I can talk about it, all this stuff with no worry that anybody in my family or anybody who knows me is going to be shocked. They know who Susan Bratton is and they love me for that. Yeah. Well, we love you for that. Um, <laughs> and, and thank you for that because like, that's, that's incredibly. Was that helpful? No, it's incredibly important. That's why I asked that question because there had to be something. And of, of course we found it right. And yeah. anal is such a, a big uh, line for people. So I'm glad that you, you, you were, you're shedding some light on the, on the anal situation. That's that, that helps out a ton. Um, in closing, I know you're headed to burning man. We had someone else on the show 
tell a crazy story about the orgy dome at, oh. at, at, at Burning Man, which is, is great. The the clip is still getting um, hits on online. People are like very divided and whatever. But do you have any sort of like crazy stories about Burning Man that you want to share? Oh, God, I am so excited to get to the orgy dome. Um, I've had some of my peak life experiences in the orgy dome. Um, one time my, I dressed my girlfriend up in a unicorn outfit and dressed myself up in one. And we went with my husband and we had a unicorn threesome and we were giving him a dually blow. Do you know what a dually blow is? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Two girls around one cock, kissing, sure. making out around the cock and taking turns, sucking it, fighting over it and all that kind of stuff. And our, my husband said he looked down and our little unicorn horns were crossed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I remember at one point she was riding him and she got off and it was, I guess, my turn. And I had to, un- she had this un- rainbow wig on and I had to unwind unicorn hair from her. <laughs> On the base of this cock. <laughs> I'm all like, these are some really long, very rainbow sparkle pubes you've got down here. That was so funny. That one was a really fun one. And I remember I did, um, I had the most incredible squirting session at the front of the Orgy Dome. It, the Orgy Dome is actually multiple rooms at Burning Man. One is um, we're just playing together. And the other is, we're open to offers. And my husband's like, well, which one do you want to go in? Because we, we really only do play together because we are in a fluid bonded screening group so that we're all tested and we're in our group together. So we only have sex inside our group. If we want to be with someone outside our group, we can only kiss them and put our hands on their genitals. We don't do any genital to genital or mouth to genital contact unless they were fully STD tested and had had sex with no one else and had a fresh set of tests. So we went into the, we're open to offers room anyway, because that's the hot room where everybody is. And we wanted as much to see what everyone was doing as we did want to do things ourselves. And for some reason, I must've been extremely well hydrated, but I, there was this white pleather sofa right up at the front of the room. And I said to my husband, that's where we're going. And he proceeded to give me the most incredible female ejaculation session. I was shocked myself at how much fluid flew through that room. And it just, I mean, I destroyed that couch. Destroyed. My clothes were sopping wet. I had a blanket down. It was sopping wet. And I'm not, I'm not Cytheria. I'm no giant squirter. I mean, I like my female ejaculatory experiences. I like G-spot orgasms. I love all of that. I've written uh, a book on squirting called G-spot joy. I've published female liquid, female liquid orgasm from Tallulah Sulis. Um, So I've taught thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people and their partners how the the gift of G-spot awakening and female ejaculation. But man, there was something about the desert that night that I was just like, and so that was an incredible, that was like a peak life. I always have peak life experiences at Burning Man and I don't know what they're going to be and I can't wait to go again. It's my 10th one. Wow. Okay. Well, when you come back, we'll let some yeah. time go by and you can come <laughs> back and tell uh, all of the stories from the orgy dome on sex party. Susan Braddon, thank you so much. You're one of my favorite people. Um, let's rem- let's remind these party people where they yeah. can, you know, follow you. They can dump out all their money on all of your products. They can get the help that they need. They can, they can bu- bug you in the DMS about the squirting. Where can they find you? <laughs> yeah. Um, if you go to betterlover.com, you can get on my sex tips newsletter. And honestly, you don't have to buy anything from me. It's no problem. I mean, I have programs for purchase, but I give away so much information. 
on my sex tips newsletter at betterlover.com. And you can follow me on Instagram and threads at my name at Susan Bratton, OnlyFans at Susan Bratton and Steamy Sex Education. And um, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to find you. They're going to find me. Uh, yeah. I'm findable. Yeah. And you do have a ton of incredible, like the last episode I was researching, I like was scrolling forever. Like, holy shit, this is amazing stuff. And most of it was free. So guys go check all of that out. I mean, she's a legend. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I can't wait to have you back. We'll My definitely pleasure. see you soon. Yeah. I told you it was a doozy. It always is with Susan on the show. Thank you, Susan Bratton, for being my guest again this week on Sex Party. If you guys are loving guests like Susan, if you want to see Susan again, she'll be back. She'll be back. If you want to, I don't know, just hang around, party, listen to more episodes. If you're loving the show, you're still on board with all my nonsense, and you want to show some love, some desire for more Sex Party, how can you do it? Well, if you're listening on platforms like Apple and Spotify, you could leave a rating, you could leave a review, but most importantly, you could subscribe to the show. That's the one that matters the most. You never miss an episode. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, I see you. I love you. I appreciate you. If you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe to the channel. You can leave a comment. You can tell your friends. Uh, you could like the video. You could do any of this stuff, but you don't have to only if you want to. As always, I'm available in the DMs on Instagram, and I will see you right back here next week. Thanks for listening. The party continues next week. Click subscribe and let's make this a regular thing. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at SexPartyFM. Follow Dustin at Dustin Ribka.